0: Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we celebrate the triumphs of people who have overcome their own life's challenges and made our world better. People who have taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host. Thank you for joining me. Kristen, welcome to the Lemonade Stand. I'm super excited to meet you and talk to you today. So tell me about yourself. Absolutely, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, well,
1: I am a currently I am a life coach. I'm a life coach and a weight loss coach, and I am um, obviously working from home uh, due to due to COVID and just because that is what I do. I, I have an online business, and um, I. I'm located in outside of San Francisco in uh, in California, and I am I guess I it almost sounds like it's going to sound kind of like an AA meeting. I'm Kristen. I'm Kristen, and I'm an emotional eater, and uh, and that that's who I am, and I will always be an emotional eater. Um, and so I have a business that helps emotional eaters lose weight because it is very it's very challenging as an emotional eater to. Um, if you do need to lose weight, it's very challenging to not only lose weight because um, dieting sets off a lot of triggers for emotional eaters. Um, but also even if you don't need to lose any weight and you're an emotional eater and you are battling with that, it is just as it is just as challenging to uh to deal with if you don't have any weight to lose as if you do have weight to lose. Emotional eating is very um. It's very all-consuming and it's almost like wearing handcuffs and wearing handcuffs all the time. So um, it, it definitely can limit your life. And so that's uh, that's what I do and that's how I help people.
0: Wow. I want to know what an emotional eater, what that looks like. What does that really mean? You said it's like having handcuffs on, but what, what would be like the definition of an emotional eater? Sure. So
1: an emotional eater is a person, and I'm going to say that almost everyone has been an emotional eater at one point or another. Um, And so everybody experiences it at some point. And when, when a person is an emotional eater and they know that it's an issue for them, it's that they emotional eaters can't regulate or have a hard time regulating when they are truly hungry for food and when they're hungry for comfort. And so an emotional eater is a person who when they have an emotion that comes up within them, and they are uncomfortable. They're there. And most of the time, I mean, life is 50% positive, 50% negative. So when those 50% negative come in, most people are not embracing that and saying, oh my gosh, this is fabulous. They want to get rid of the feeling. Um, some people can just sit with it. Some people, you know, there are people who just know how to sit with a negative emotion and not do anything. Um, most people do something. Um, and usually it's to distract and to avoid the emotion. And so, um, For me, I never, ever thought about using drugs. I never thought about drinking. I never thought about any of those things. I always thought about food. And so food was what I turned to and what allowed me to be able to kind of, for a very brief moment in time, ease and take away that that uncomfortable feeling that I was feeling. Um, But then that quickly thereafter came another uncomfortable feeling, which was, oh my gosh, I've eaten way too much. And now I feel terrible about myself. And so now I'm going to do the mental beat down and that could last, you know, anywhere from a day to three days. So be,
0: it can be a very vicious cycle, but it's a very hard cycle to break. So what, take me back. Why would you start doing this in the first place? What, what's your connection with this? Why would I start emotionally eating? Yeah. Or yeah. Or helping people. Yeah. So where did it, okay. where did this come from? So I can say that I probably remember,
1: I I remember hiding food in my room because I got in trouble all the time. I was the youngest um, of four kids and um, I got in trouble a lot and not, not really like bad trouble, but I would get sent to my room. I'd be, you know, sassy or whatever and, you know, just get sent to my room. And so I was left in my room a lot of times alone. And I thought, well, this doesn't feel good and nobody's coming to check on me. So I might as well start, you know, keeping things to keep me occupied while I'm in, while I'm in trouble. So I started, you know, I started seeking out comfort for being in trouble by having food in my room and then I could just kind of take care of myself. And so that kind of just, you know, kind of just was a cycle, um, that, that, um, that I had start. I started pretty early, probably about eight or nine years old. Um, food in my family was very important. Um, I My family's from the South. And so there was a lot of, you know, there was not a get together that you had with family that did not revolve around something, around food. And it was always really good food and it was usually something fried. And so it was amazing. My my Nana was a, an amazing cook as my mom was as well. And so it just became that that kind of food took on a very different it, it took on a very different meaning in my life it was not for sustenance it was for social and it was for enjoyment and it was it was and and there's a balance that we can all have when it comes to um when it comes to food i do i am not a believer that food should be just plain and blah and boring i think food has its place of being very very satisfying and and very nurturing um but it's but it has to be it has to be balanced it can't be all that and never about, you know, about what our bodies actually need. And so, um, I, I, I grew up that way and I, I just always thought that was the way everybody was. And then I would see people occasionally I'd see, you know, whether it was when I was growing up or when I got older and I'd see like, especially women. And I would watch women eat and I'd be like, how do they leave food on their plates? Like that never even like not having a clean plate, not eating everything or eating to the point of being so full. Like I could never imagine not doing that. That was just, that was just what I did. And so I'd see people and I'd be like, they, they know something that I don't know. And there's something like, I'm not, I'm not doing what other people are doing. And um, I happen to be a, a an eater that I um, was very, very, I grew up in a, in a, in a family, an extended family that was very, very aware of weight. Weight was very important. Weight was always talked about people's weight was talked about. Um, and so I was very conscious and very self-conscious about my, my weight. Um, I'm, I'm relatively tall. I'm about five, nine. And I was about, you know, I was about five foot four by the time I was 12 years old. So I was much bigger than all the other kids. And I had a very different and very, um, distorted view of myself. So I thought I was this big, you know, I was like like T-Rex. I was just, you know, this big, huge hulking person when reality is I look back and I wasn't, but I had this vision of myself. And so I, I did a lot to compensate. So I, I overexercised. I did, if anybody if anybody had, had looked at me or looked at pictures, they would have never thought that I had an eating it, that I had an issue with food because in, in reality, I almost looked like it was, I was too thin, but it was because I was so overcompensating because I didn't want anybody to find out what I was, what I was doing and how I was, how I was acting with food. Um, and so, you know, life just proceeded along. I knew, I knew I was having lots of restricting and binging and all of these just very, it's just a very unhealthy relationship with food. Um, and I just struggled tremendously with it. And, um, it wasn't until I was, gosh, I was probably 48, I think. And I, um, I was working, I was, I was doing an MLM as a matter of fact, and I was, you know, multi-level marketing, you know, selling. And I just, I had such a thing about selling. I just couldn't do it. And so one of my, um, one of my upline recommended that I see a life coach about money. So we started talking about money we started talking about my, my history and everything she started talking about related back, not only just to the money issues, but to my issues with food and with my issues of my own self-worth and my own self-value. And so I started working with this coach and I then all of a sudden realized, Oh my gosh, like what she's doing with me in money could actually be done in relationship to my food issues. So I started looking into that. And then lo and behold, I went to a, I, I had been a teacher for 17 years. I was a school teacher and, um, knew that there was something bigger that I was supposed to be doing. I didn't know what it was. I thought I was supposed to be a personal trainer. I thought I was supposed to have an online business, but I, I knew teaching was just, that was just like the tip. There was something else. I had this bigger, this bigger purpose. So uh, I went to a business conference. My business wasn't going very well. I was, I was just doing the traditional fitness and nutrition type of thing. Went to this business conference. We did this meditation. This guy led this, this meditation for 500 people in the room. And he was talking to us about our businesses. And all of a sudden, the, the the term emotional eating just it was like it fell out of the sky. And it just like it came into my head. And all of a sudden, like, I opened my eyes. And I thought, Oh, my God, that's me. Like, that's what I should be doing. Like, I'm, so. this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, cause as I, like I said, I had been trying to do fitness and all these other things and I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. That's not it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I completely like shifted my business. Um, I wrote a book about emotional eating and um, published it and then really focused my business all on helping women. And, um, and then came up with a, with a, a, a program that I put myself through and that I now have taken hundreds of women through, and um, it really helps them address because it's not about the food. It's about how you feel about yourself. It's about your value. It's about your self-worth and it's about putting yourself first. And I think women don't do that naturally. Um, I think we are such caregivers that we do it for everybody else, but we don't do it for ourselves. And so I really teach women how to put themselves first and that we end up in most cases, we don't talk about, we don't talk about food hardly at all. I don't believe in dieting. So I don't put people on, I don't, I don't call, it's not a diet. Um, I teach people how to eat what they love and love their bodies at the same time. And, um, just give their cell, give their recognize how much food their body needs. And that then naturally takes the weight off.
0: Like what a gift you've been given to be able to help people with this.
1: Yeah, And it's and something that's, and,
0: that you've experienced yourself. So you're not trying mm-hmm. to just tell people, oh, this is how it could be. No, this no. is how it is for you. No,
1: no, absolutely. And I think um, it, my business really didn't start to take off until I, like I was, I was doing this, I was doing it and I was, and I was like still in recovery myself. I mean, I was still working my own program and doing what I was doing, trying my best to, you know, to manage, to, to manage myself and help other people. And then it wasn't until I kind of like crossed the bridge and I really had like my own epiphanies of like, oh, I'm here. This is what it feels like. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And so, and that's when I could really, now I can, now I can really coach my clients from a place of, of like. I'm on the, I'm on the other side. I don't think I'm ever, I never consider myself to be healed. I never say I'm going to end somebody's emotional eating. Um, My book title has, I always use the term manage. I always talk about managing emotional eating. Um, I find it, it's very, um, very parallel. I had a brother who was an alcoholic. And um, so I know the addiction process and I know about the impact that, that and why why people become addicted to certain substances. I feel like the the same addiction you know the same addiction path that someone takes when they're using drugs or alcohol. Food is the exact same thing. We do it for the exact same reasons. Um, it's to escape. It's to take us away from pain that we're having. And so it 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 wasn't until I was able to be like oh my gosh like I'm really I am on the other side and and yeah do I still have times where I have to work my program a little bit more absolutely but it's so substantially different than it was before so it just makes it and I, and I feel really like I'm so driven because I was so alone for so long and so isolated and felt like nobody understood cuz I didn't know anybody else was like this it wasn't until you know really wasn't until I I opened up my facebook group and I now have almost 4500 people in my facebook group and that's probably the one thing that women say is they say what a comfort it is just to know that they're not the only person that they felt so like they were so ashamed and so embarrassed. And, um, you know, because it's like, why wouldn't anybody like, why can't I, you know, I can't handle food. Are you kidding? Like what's wrong? Like there's something wrong. You know, the, the, there is nothing wrong. It's, I always tell people that who we are in and of itself are our, our, our beings we're perfect. We, we are absolutely, everybody is perfect as they are. Unfortunately, life oftentimes piles a lot of other stuff on top of us and makes us forget who we are. And so it's really about, um, we always make, we always make jokes. I have a membership site and we make jokes about like peeling back the onion. It really is, you know, in the, uh, I think Shrek was the one that, that said that in his movie, you know, it's, it's, it really is about peeling back the onion and realizing that that who you are is exactly who you're supposed to be. And you're not broken and there's nothing wrong. It's just, you've forgotten your essence. You've forgotten the person that you really truly are. And that we just try to, we just try to bring that person back.
0: Yeah, that person is there, mm-hmm. I love that. But if somebody's wondering to themselves right now, like, am I an emotional eater? Is there some kind of gauge to know if that's you or not? I mean, because you, you, you said a lot of people were kind of glad to finally have a name for it. Right. But, so mm-hmm. are people kind of wondering if they are like, what would that look like if they're an emotional eater?
1: Yeah. Oftentimes, oftentimes people will come into the group and say, I'm really not sure if this is me or not, but I, I just want to kind of hear what you're kind of what you're saying. Um, so one of the things that for me, like I said, everybody at one point or another will emotionally eat. And a lot of times we emotionally eat, not because something bad's happened, but because right. actually something it's, it's a celebratory thing. You know, it's like, we're celebrating something, which is fabulous. It's when food becomes the only source of relief that a person can get. So when, when crisis happens, so many people, so many people in my group term themselves as stress eaters where there's stress in their life and they, and they turn to food because they can't, they don't know how to deal with the stress and they also don't, it really comes down to not being comfortable feeling feelings. And unfortunately, there's no class in school and nobody, you know, most people don't know how to sit with a feeling because the way, also the way our society is, everything is instant gratification. So nobody's happy with just like, and and I have to say social media kind of kind of exacerbates that by, you know, giving us this this viewpoint of everyone's life is fabulous. So if you have anything going on on in your life, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I'm supposed to be happy all the time. So then it becomes that, that how do I get out of this feeling? I don't want to be here. And so for an emotional eater, for what I would consider, consider a person who has an emotional eating issue, people know that it's impacting their lives, that it's altering their lives from moving forward in a sense of like, On a day-to-day basis, most of my clients and most of my, my group members will say, I think about food all the time. All I can think about is, and most people are carrying around extra weight, even if they're not, I'm thinking about the next meal. I'm feeling guilty about what I've eaten. I don't know what to eat. And when I start eating, I can't stop eating. That's usually, and people will say like, I'd like to sit down to a meal and be able to stop and be satisfied, not be stuffed. Most people will eat when you're an emotional eater because you're filling a void. There's something, there's some void that's happening inside of you for whatever reason. I always tell people the reason people carry around weight and people will say, oh, I just love food. I'm like, no, that's not it. That's the surface. That's the surface. I just love food. It's there's something much deeper than that. And that's what I, I not only do, I help people discover what that deeper issue is. But um, but also how to let it go, because a lot of times these are these are things that people are carrying around from childhood from, um, you know, I I was just reading a a study just a couple of days ago that they said, you know, 85 percent of the people who are who are overweight or who are overweight or obese have some sort of childhood trauma in their lives, whether it be sexual abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, um, something significant that happened to them that has caused them to either stay in that stunted, that stunted growth place, or that they're, you know, they're just, they're, they're, they were told some things, they were given some limiting beliefs and they just can't let them go.
0: And you can help through that. You see yes. that. Yes,
1: absolutely. And so one of the things that, so I am, um, and I know for, for those people who are listening, I you know, cause I get this question all the time and I, and I have no, no problem answering it you know, people will say, and I, I tell people, you know, I saw three, you know, three different therapists, they were fabulous therapists, but they weren't emotional eaters. They didn't know what I was going through. And, um, so because I have been an emotional eater, I feel like I'm really in a really good place to help people, but I also am a certified life coach and I have a life coach and a weight loss coach, um, certification. And what my, when I say weight loss, people will think like, Oh, you must be a nutritionist. So how can you not be dieting? we at, at the, the life coaching school that I attended, we focus on our brain and how our brain works and how your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings, create your actions, your actions, get the results that you have in your life. And so it's not about the food. It's about why it's the underlying why. And so when we talk about, you know, why people do certain things, it's, it's not that they don't have enough self-control or they don't have you know enough discipline or willpower. It's, what are the thoughts that you're thinking and what are the and and oftentimes it's what are the thoughts that you're thinking and usually the thoughts are about things that are going on around you that you have no control over but you're 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 creating thoughts in your head that are cre- that are creating the discomfort and the unhappiness and then that in turn causes you to do things that are not in your best interest so it's really about you know a lot of people who have early uh, early trauma either, have buried it so deeply that they, that it doesn't come to the surface, but it really does. It really presents itself in a lot of other ways, but a lot of people are very aware of their, of their things and they just keep bringing them up. They just keep thinking about them and they bring them and they become their present. If we think enough about the past, it's going to come right back and be, and be our present and then impact our future. So it's really teaching people how to really like let the past stay in the past. It doesn't mean that we don't examine it. It doesn't mean that we don't figure out where this limiting belief came from, who, you know, who was the person who told you that. And it's not about pointing fingers either. I'm not about blaming anybody, but I'm about acknowledging and being realistic. Like, oh, that happened. And now I see because most people turn on themselves and they blame themselves. Like I did something wrong. And so most of the time, and I do take people through, I'm a, um, huge fan of Brene Brown and I'm a a huge follower of hers. And um, she, you know, does, does something very similar. I, I do an accept, forgive and rewrite. And basically I take people through, you know, like accepting the circumstance, whatever that was that happened to you, forgiving the person who person or, you know, you know, entity or whatever it was. And we don't ever forgive to let them off the hook, we forgive to let ourselves off the hook. It's always yeah, about us letting it go. Yeah. And then and you don't and, even
0: need to talk to that person. To oh
1: no, not at all. Either. And I always tell it's people, I'm all like, in don't head. do that. Yeah. 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 I'm like, don't, don't do that.
0: <laughs> That's what I, <laughs> I mean, tell I have, people too. Yeah, like, yeah. I had yep, plenty of just... therapists
1: who would recommend the letter writing and then don't, t- don't send don't it, send we it. it. It's it's burn free. it. Yeah. We burn it. Right. You do whatever you need to do, but it's getting it out. It's releasing
0: you. Yes. Yeah. Out of you.
1: And I was, I, uh, in my, in my former life, uh, I was a resource specialist And so I specialized in working with kids with learning disabilities. And so I know that whole, the whole brain, you know, the brain to writing process of really getting those things out. And so, um, taking people through that and and then basically rewriting because we can have, you know, there can be a circumstance and a circumstance can be completely neutral. It's the, it's the thoughts that we give it, that gives it power. And so if we want to look back on something and make it like, that's the reason why my life is horrible. Have at it if that's what you want to do, but that is not serving your life moving forward. And so I, I do have to have you know some tough love conversations with people to, to let them know because a lot of times people the first time I I present this to to people they'll they'll be like well are you saying that I'm to blame for for where I am and I'm like yeah kind of because you can't like what happened like that's in the past like you're you continue to give that power and you're turning your power over to somebody else who frankly has gone on with their life and is doing whatever they, they don't, they're not, they're not upset. You're the only person who's upset. So what, what, that, what, let's do the math there. That doesn't make any sense. Um. So I really teach people how to move past those things. And it really, it's so gratifying. I actually just had um, a client this morning um, post something in, uh, in the private Facebook group I run and, and the, she was talking about how she'd had this, it's really hard day. And ordinarily she said, ordinarily I would have binged, and I didn't. She goes, but that was not just that the not eating wasn't the victory. The victory was I realized that I was giving this other person so much power. And it's like, and I had to make the decision that like, I had, I had to, I had to stop. I had to, I had to let it go. I had to release her and I had to move on. And she's like, and, and, I could have gone and binged. And she goes, and instead I chose my bed and a good book and I went to bed and she goes, and that was, she's like, that's huge for me. Because if you had talked to me a year ago, I would have been so spun that, that it would have been two hours in the kitchen with, with, you know, all the food gone. So um, it's, it's when those kinds of things happen that it's like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting.
0: (laughs) Yes. Making a difference. I love that. And I love learning about this. This is fascinating. And I think it's really interesting and I'm connecting with a lot of what you are saying. And I wanted to know about the difference though, because we have like the 85% that's from Mm -hmm. child trauma, but -hmm. then there's the rest that like, I'm thinking to myself, like I'm triggered, like every Monday, I think I need a dessert. Like it's just in me. Like, it's like, what dessert am I going to get this week? It's Monday. So what is that something that normal people do or is that weird for me? Well, you know, I'm like, so it's not a trauma related thing. It's just kind of a habit. It's like an addiction or like a desire.
1: So my question would be, why is that wrong? Why is it wrong for you to have a dessert? Right? Yeah. So yeah. So that wouldn't, so because you're, you're making, you're making the decision you, you it's, it's, it's forethought you're making the decision. If you wanted to make the decision of, I mean, you can make yourself wrong for doing that and then that's going to, but that's going to set off a lot of other things. I think as a, as a coach, the best question that I can ask is why, like, why is, why is that wrong? Why are, why, what are you making though? This is an even better one. What are you making you wanting the dessert mean about you as a person? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Now that you say that. Yeah. That's so interesting.
1: So, and so here's what here's what I, so what I ask my clients to do, I do not, I do not, there is no food list. When you work with me, there is no food list. I tell people the most important thing they have to do is they have to know what kinds of foods they love to eat. And I don't, I don't, I, the heart, probably the hardest thing for me as a coach is to break that diet mentality, to break the, the, oh, I want to have a salad. And I always challenge people like, do you really want to have a salad? Really? I mean, if there was a salad and macaroni and cheese, which one would you choose? Like yeah. really and truly. Really? Like really. <laughs> Come on. And so I really have to make people own that that, like, no, like this is because what's what happens is you can think, although oh, better choice is the salad. And the better choice, okay, the better choice could be salad. So you eat the salad. If the salad isn't satisfying your soul, you're going to 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes later. You're going to be digging through the cabinets, looking for something else because that didn't do it for you because you didn't, because and and in most cases, most people then feel like, oh no, I've got to, I've got to do this because, because I want this, I have to do this. And so there's this, there's, and there's also the parameters of good food and bad food salads. Oh, that's good food. Macaroni and cheese. That's bad food. So if we eat good food, that makes us a good person. Then we're good. And I tell people, I just, I just did a podcast on this last week, and I was like, "Y'all, that don't make you a good person. Sorry, you know that doesn't. That's not going to do it." Um, and the same thing with being with eating something that's that's quote unquote bad. Bad food then means you're a bad person, and that's what people that's what people think. So the dessert. I mean, what I would tell you is, if you're worried about why have dinner, why not just have dessert? I, I, and I, and I, I mean that honestly. And, yeah. and I, but I, what I also teach people to do is, is it's not like it's a free for all. Like you eat as much food as you want. It's eat what you want, but I teach people how to listen to their bodies and eat until they're satisfied, not till they're stuffed, not till they can't move, not till they're in a food coma. It's eat until you're satisfied. Your body will tell you when it's time to stop. Most of us don't don't listen to that because we're not eating for that reason. We're eating for an emotional reason. Um, And even when people say, oh, it just tastes so good. It's like, that's, that's an, that's, you know, I just, I just want to, because basically what you're saying is it, it tastes so good. It's, I feel so good when I'm eating this and that's emotional eating.
0: So I say all
1: for the dessert, all yeah. for the dessert. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: I'll go to certain restaurants and order the dessert first. Sometimes well, and they're and- like, "I'm like, no, bring it now. I'll take my dinner home. When oh I eat no, the dessert! And that's so that's good here. That's yeah. absolutely what I tell my clients
1: because we, because I mean, yeah. what most of my clients have realized is their capacity to eat and and be and get dissatisfied satisfied is like half to almost three quarters less than what they were eating. And so when they say that they want to have dessert, I'm like, eat dessert first. I'm like, you need to eat dessert first. And then if you only have a couple bites of your entree, that's fine, but get, you always want to. And that's one of, that's actually a strategy that I give people is you always, when you look at your plate, you always eat the best bites first. You you like you scope it out. Eat the best bites first. Absolutely. You know you get a cinnamon roll. Don't be eating that dry, crusty stuff on the outside. Uh-huh. The you eat the I center. Know. Absolutely, right. you got to eat that first, and then leave the. Then you have not. You don't have as hard of a time leaving the other stuff because if you think about it, everybody's eaten mm-hmm. to the middle. Well, why would you waste all of that space in your stuff? You know, and especially if you don't have the ability to stop, it's like why why would you do that? That's silly, you know
0: eat the, eat the inside first, then it's that makes, so and then it takes care of it. So I, I naturally cut like my cheeseburger in half or my cinnamon roll in Perfect. half. And I, Cause I want to eat that, that first part yeah. of it. Yeah. that's so funny. I didn't even consciously realize why I was doing that.
1: Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I actually, um, I'm giving away so many secrets here. No, but I uh, <laughs> but one of the one of the other things that I have my clients do is because another thing that that most people don't do, um, and I know I never did it, was we don't eat slowly. We eat really oh. quickly because we're you know it's it's the way our society is, and it's you know go 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 go, and so I tell people to to split their meal in half eat the first half. And, the, and when you eat the first half, you put your fork down after each, each bite, you drink some water, you enjoy the company that you're keeping. If you're eating with someone. And then once you get to that first half, I then tell them you don't eat the second half for at least two to three minutes that you sit and you just, you just don't eat anything and you just let your food settle, let your body kind of get acclimated. And a lot of times people will realize like, oh, I could probably stop right now. And sometimes they will other. And then I say, you know, you take, start the second half, but you take a bite, you put your fork down and you really think after you've, after you've eaten that bite of food, you think, okay, could I eat another bite of food? Because sometimes satisfied and full is one bite away. And it's just, it just is one bite to put you over that. So I really tell people to really pay attention to that and to really think if somebody I loved was in trouble, could I get up and run to them? Could I run in, in a way that would get me there that I wouldn't then end up heaving or, you know, throw you know, just, you know, being out so out of breath, but if somebody I loved needed me, could I get to them and not be so full that my, the food would stop me. And that's kind of how, you know, kind of how you engage where you are on that, on that scale. And it takes, it takes getting used to also, it takes a lot. It, it definitely takes practice to get that eating to satisfy thing.
0: Yeah, it's totally changing what you've always been taught, you know, especially yep. growing up and there's starving children in another oh, country and you're going to eat everything on your plate. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it mm-hmm. right now while we sit and watch you. And yeah, yep. that's, yeah. oh yeah. What have yeah. we done to our kids? What has yeah. been done to us, you know? So <laughs> right. and so right. now it's like the concept of like, wait, what? You want me to leave half my food and or in a restaurant when they give you a platter full of food and you're like, I just yeah. spent 30 bucks on this platter of food. I'm not leaving it there, you know, right. eat oh, it all. Right. Well, and I told, I always tell people, I'm like, that's
1: what the takeout containers are for. Exactly. You know I mean? And I, and I tell people like eat half, you know, split it in half and get asked for the takeout container right at the beginning right. and set it aside and just, and so just know good. that you're and the other, the, the funny thing, and it's so unintentional, but the the funny thing that we're now are talking a lot about um, in my client group is the whole idea of like, oh my gosh, I'm spending, I'm saving so much money because I don't go through nearly as much food or one of the, one of the girls just told me she took herself out to lunch and what did she have? She had a patty melt and onion rings. That was what she had for lunch. And and she, and I, and I'm going to say, I'm super proud of her. She's lost almost 50 pounds. And that's, and that's how she eats. That's how she eats during that's regular. That's a regular thing. But she, had a patty melt and onion rings. And she said it was between two and three meals that she was able to have that one patty because she just, she can't eat that much food anymore because she just has, she's trained her body. Now she doesn't, she doesn't eat as much. And so she said, that was like, you know, I paid, you know, 15 bucks and that was three meals for me. And it was, you know, restaurant food, restaurant quality, but I was completely satisfied with
0: it. Yeah. So, this is amazing. I love that you are able to experience this and teach it to other people. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure there's ways that people can get a hold of you, and we'll have that in the podcast notes. I think that the most important thing,
1: I think that the thing that people, for anyone who is struggling with their weight, I believe anyone who has, who is carrying around extra weight, there is an emotional component to it. That, I mean, hands down, there is an emotional, if you are walking around with extra weight, I mean, I've had people say, oh no, I'm not an emotional eater. I'm like, really? I'm going to, I'm going to differ. I'm going to beg to differ on that. But I would say anyone who is walking around and feels like I need to lose five, 10, 50, whatever, if you're, if you're walking around and you're feeling like you need to lose, you need to lose some weight. It is because you're overeating and it's really not about what you're eating. It's about why you're eating. So it really needs to be like, instead of like changing, and that's the part that that's where I think the diet industry sends us wrong. you know, directs us in in a, in a, in a incorrect direction is it's, it's all about, you know, food combinations and putting different foods together and all of these things. And it's like, no food is food. Food doesn't have, there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. It's just food is food and everything should be able to be enjoyed. But It's why are you eating it? And if you are eating to excess, why are you doing that? And it's not, it's not. And if it is because the food's so darn good, then that is emotional eating because it's not that it's that, because the reality is when we eat something, that first bite is the best, is the best bite we have. Your taste buds diminish from that point forward, that point, you know, moving forward. And so, it really isn't that it's all that good. It just makes you feel good. And so that's that emotional component that comes in. So I would, I would challenge everyone that if you are thinking like, I'm not sure if I'm an emotional eater, if you're, if you're, if you're feeling like you're, you're not at a weight that you want to be at, it's most likely because there is an emotional component to it and it doesn't have anything to do with food. It usually has to do, sometimes it has to do with with an unhappy job situation. Sometimes it's an unhappy, you know, relationship and, but it always comes back 100%. It's never about anybody else. It's always about our worth and how we feel about ourselves because ultimately it, when we, when we overeat, it's because we are not feeling good about ourselves. We're not feeling we're not feeling our best. We don't, we, we feel like there's either we're not worthy of even taking care of, but there's, it always comes back to that self-worth and that self-esteem component. And so changing up and, 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 you know, changing up all your, your diets and doing the combinations of different foods and all that. And, 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 you know, working out to excess it, it's that's I, the working out is oftentimes a distraction and that's a buffer and that's a way of, of avoiding it. So it's really more about stopping and saying, Really, why am I eating this? Because I don't need the food, but why am I eating it? What's what is it doing for because it's doing something for me that that I should be taking care of myself and not looking to food to make make it better for me. Mm. So, that is more than such
0: a, yeah. That's such a hard circle. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. like you eat because you don't feel good about yourself, then you gain weight and then you don't feel good about yourself. So you're just, so you eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like, why would you ever not get out of that? Like if you're yeah. just constantly yeah. in it. And so yeah. to finally question, why am I eating this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To stop for a second. I know I always ask myself, will this fuel me? That's kind of my latest Right. Uh-huh. I look at the snacks or something, I'm hungry, and it's like, will this be fuel or will this just fill me? Like will it mm-hmm. be something mm-hmm. some protein I can burn up and use? Or is this gonna right. be something heavy, some carbs that'll just sit, <laughs> you know? Right. So that's been right. more but I love what you're teaching instead. I love the why behind it instead mm-hmm. of even what I've been doing with the fuel. I really like the why, but it's a vicious cycle I feel yeah. that you get yeah. in.
1: I actually just, I just did a podcast. Um, it was about the whole, about like, you know, the whole, that whole cycle. And I kind of thought about doing this like 15 years ago, because my, this is how my dad ate my dad, you know, he'd eat, he'd, he'd eat what he wanted. And then he'd like, he'd be, you know, he'd be satisfied, he'd stop eating. And I remember trying to do it and it lasted like three days. And I was like, I can't do it. Cause I didn't have, I didn't have the under, I didn't have the mental understanding one of the things that I'm so thrilled with is that so many of the the professionals that we work with that are that our are coaches and are, are helping people, there's such a heavy mindset component. And it's not just diet and exercise, diet and exercise, diet and exercise. It's about, you know, how are you feeling about yourself? What are your thoughts about yourself? What's your sleep habits? What's your water? What's your lifestyle like? But it really coming back to what is how do you value yourself and how do you show yourself value? And, and so, and, and we show ourselves value by a variety of things that we do. And one of them is taking care of our own bodies and that is showing ourselves value. So when we're not, that's where the, the beginning needs to start. When, when people say they're, they're okay with it. It's like, no. that, that's a, I would not because of the size, but just because of how you feel about, you know, just, we are more than, who we, we are more than what we look like. We are not just our shells, obviously where there's of a whole course. much deeper, but, um, you're not showing yourself that you're not showing yourself value and worth when you're putting yourself at risk for so many things to, to, from a, from a, a shortened life to, you know, and, uh, you know, a number of different, you know, diseases and, and illnesses that you can get as a result of that. Um, that's, well, and that's just not to not love. be
0: active. They're missing out on right.
1: life that more than anything else. I just, it's really about self-care. It's really about loving yourself. And, and really a lot of what the focus is that I work on with people is just reminding them of who they are and what and how they need to take care of themselves. Yeah.
0: Wow. Great reminders. I think it's very good food for thought. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we can keep in mind as we go forward, this has been yeah amazing. And, and my mind is just racing now of, of things and things I've thought about myself. And so thank you. I appreciate oh, what God. you're bringing to this.
1: So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank and thank you for having me. I appreciate being able to, to, uh, to share just because there's not there this, probably a handful of us, um, online that are doing, that are doing this kind of thing of all of the, you know, thousands and thousands of, uh, of, of coaches out there and, and fitness professionals that are, that are, you know, helping, you know, wanting to help people lose weight. There's just a, there's just a very small, small percentage of us who are, are kind of doing this kind of, you know, not non-dieting, really looking at the deeper, at the deeper issues, the thought patterns and that sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, it's pretty it's it's pretty cool. and it, and the results are are amazing. Um, so that's that's and that to me is the most important thing. I mean people's lives, people's lives, relationships. um, you know, I have people who are doing things that they never thought they would do, just it, it, totally unrelated to food. like, you know, going for jobs that they would have never had the confidence to go in to apply for and 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 just, you know, leaving relationships or, or making relationships work better for them. And, um, so that's the really exciting part. It really is about empowering people to take, to just take their
0: lives back. Yeah. Well, bless you for giving us the power. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. You're still here. Well then click on the next episode to hear more of Heidi's Lemonade Stand. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a 5-star review. Thanks!